You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have an amazing guest who also happens to be a friend of mine. His name is James Carberry. He's the founder of Sweetfish Media, a podcast agency for B2B brands. He's been a contributor for Huffington Post and Business Insider, and he also co-hosts a top-ranked podcast, according to Forbes, which is B2B Growth. James is currently working to publish his first book, Content-Based Networking, which releases in September. And that's part of the reason why we have you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dennis. I am uh, super pumped to be here, man. I love your show. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, man. You inspired me to start my show. I mean, we I had been listening to B2B growth and I had had this idea in my head for, you know, maybe a year, a couple of years before that, and I said, "Should I? Shouldn't I? Am I? Aren't I going to start a podcast?" And I saw what you were doing. We met. We actually met and connected and started having a dialogue and building a relationship. And I think I even bounced a couple ideas off you. Before I launched my podcast, we had talked about a couple different ideas or concepts. And um, so I want to thank you. I mean, I'm blessed to have met you and kind of learned from you and and have watched you grow. And and now you have this whole concept that you're really kind of coined this whole term, content-based networking. And we're going to dive into that today. But before we do that, take a minute, give a really quick backstory, and then I'm I'm eager to get into this because I've watched you behind the scenes. But I know you're going to fill in the gaps for the audience, and and I'm sure they're going to get a ton of value. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate you you having me on, Dennis. Um, I, I in in really looking to you as a as a mentor early in the life of our business. I remember peppering you with an enormous amount of questions, and the advice that you were able to give me in those first couple of years really, I mean, transformed a, a, a big part of our cash flow. And so, so thank you as well. But uh, so a little a little background on my journey. I had no clue what the word entrepreneur meant, even coming out of college. And I went to business school. So this speaks to probably not not a super high quality business education. But I finished college and had no clue what I wanted to do, played, danced around in the corporate world a bit, and uh, then got the incredible opportunity to move to Orlando, Florida and do a super random job. I did helicopter logistics for NASCAR and I traveled all over the country putting Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart and all these NASCAR guys in and out of helicopters at different racetracks. And that was my first exposure to entrepreneurship because I was working for an entrepreneur. This was a small business based in Orlando. It gave me my first taste. And I worked for this gentleman, Jeff, for probably about three years, just under three years, and decided to move on to uh, to just further develop my career and and look for some things where I could uh, continue to grow my skill set. And I, in transitioning out of that business, trying to find my footing, I ultimately realized, you know what, I just, I just want to start my own thing. And uh, when, when I did, I, re- I very quickly realized that you know I can have the best service in the world, but if I don't have quality relationships 
it's going to be really hard for me to get this thing off the ground. And so I needed relationships with a variety of people, with you know potential customers, with people that could refer me to customers, with industry thought leaders so that I could build kind of some clout in the space. And really, this strategy was born out of trying to figure out, man, I know that I need to know the right people, but how do I actually go about doing that? Like, what is a systematic approach for me to grow my professional network with the exact people that I want to know? And that's that's where this strategy came out of. Yeah. And what I love about it is that you were very intentional, right? Everybody wants to meet influencers, right? Everybody yeah. wants to have conversations with their perfect target audience, right? With yeah. that, that perfect buyer persona. The hard part is doing it, right? Because you know, yeah. cold calling isn't quite as effective as it used to be. And social media and online is very noisy and it's hard to just get in front of them. And so what I love about what you did was you you took a little bit of old school and you mixed it with new school and you came up with this whole concept of content-based networking and I've been watching you do it. I mean, I you know, I, it's really cool to see the the transition and the morph and the evolution of this whole concept that started out very small mm-hmm. and is now really, you know, could be something and the reason why I was so excited for you to come on the show is because I truly believe I, I mean, I've leveraged some of what I've learned from you on my own in my podcast and in other collaborations and it works like a charm. And I just wanted yeah. you to come on here and kind of explain the basic concept and then maybe a few steps to people on how they could how they could do it for their own and just kind of get yeah. started small and and test it. And I think they'll be surprised how incredibly powerful it is to yeah. uh, as far as a technique and strategy for building relationships, yeah. because ultimately those relationships, once you build them, unless you screw them up, those can be lifelong relationships. Exactly. They translate in in a bunch of different ways. So a lot of the people that we met early on in the life of our podcast, people that we had featured as guests, maybe they they didn't become a customer, you know, immediately, but they moved companies or, you know, they started their own business and eventually became a customer, you know, 2 years after interviewing them, but I would have never known them had we not featured them on our show. So the at, at the highest level, really what you're doing here is you're making yourself a person of value. And and I I I struggle a little bit with that saying, Dennis, because everyone says like, you got to add value, you got to add value, you got to add value. But I don't see very many people actually telling you how to add value. And so in the book, it's, it's one of the sections I'm working on right now is really unpacking what does it mean to be a person of value? And for me, and, and the way I've done it with this strategy is I became a person of value by becoming a journalist. And by thinking of myself as a journalist in the space that I wanted to serve, which is B2B marketing, I want, you know, because our customers are VPs of marketing at B2B tech companies, I wanted to become a journalist and in that space. And, and I thought, man, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about B2B marketing right now. So I'm just going to go and interview a lot of B2B marketers, ask them what they've done to help grow the companies where they work. And in doing so, I'm doing two things. I'm creating a bunch of really relevant, hyper-targeted content that's going to attract other B2B marketers to me. But I'm also building one-to-one relationships with each guest that I collaborate with to create that content. And so by turning myself into a journalist, I made myself a person of value that people wanted to connect with. So my ask isn't, hey, I want to sell you our podcast service. My ask is, hey, I want to feature you on our podcast, B2B Growth. And as the show started to get more clout, you know, we became, you know, we, we hit different mile markers, like becoming a top 100 podcast in iTunes, which I know this show has done as well. So huge congrats on that. That's not an easy feat to pull off as we started to hit like, oh, we do over a hundred thousand downloads a month. Like as we started to hit those things, it just, it came, it became more fodder 
for me to reach out to the exact people that I wanted to connect with, whether it be a VP of marketing at Intuit or, you know, a mid-sized firm, it just got easier and easier as I stacked, you know, interview after interview after interview, people started to see me more as a journalist and less of somebody trying to sell something. Nobody ever actually saw me as someone trying to sell something because I always positioned myself as a journalist. And when you take that seriously and you really are intentional about trying to create great content with the people you're collaborating with, naturally, they're going to like you. They're going to trust you. And when they find out that they have an opportunity to work with you, they're going to jump at the chance to do that if they already know, like, and trust you. So uh, the the framework that we've developed for the book, Dennis, is, is there's a five part piece of it. So hey, before that, we dive uh, into that, yeah. really quick, I just wanted yeah. to I wanted to highlight something because you know you use the term journalist and you were talking about doing these podcast interviews. I don't want people to get scared because you can do this strategy, this content based networking, in almost any medium. You can do video. Yep. You can do audio. Yep. You can do print. You can do infographics. I mean, you can do almost anything, any sort of content-based marketing, right, that you see online or even offline, you can use this same strategy. I I think that's really important to point out because not everybody wants to start a podcast. And I did it because I don't really enjoy writing, right? I mean, I told you that before. I mean, for me, writing is like a homework assignment, but getting on a podcast is like, you know, that's like a day at the park, That's just, that's easy stuff. But then, but then there are other people that would much rather write and, and they, they're not as comfortable, you know, having, having conversation. Exactly. And they might already have a channel. They might already have a channel. Maybe they're already writing for social media examiner, or maybe they're writing for some small blog or even their own blog. But ultimately, I just wanted to point that out. That I think that's really important. So you take it away and share yeah. this five-part framework. Yeah. So, so the, the five-part framework starts with the first step in it, Dennis, is to identify the exact people that you want to connect with. And this is a step that I see a lot of people get wrong because they, they get gung-ho about the content, but they don't thoughtfully and intentionally think about who they actually want to build relationships with. So in my context, when I, as I was building the business, the primary people that I wanted to connect with were my ideal customers because in that in that phase of growth in the company I needed people that could actually buy our service to know who I was and to to like me and to trust me and so I was very specific about reaching out to VPs of marketing at B2B tech companies that had 50 plus employees because I knew that was my ICP that was my ideal customer persona and so uh, so I went to those people and I said hey I want to feature you on our show where I see a lot of people messing up is they end up chasing influencers and they're trying to get Gary Vee and they're trying to get Simon Sinek and they're trying to get all these popular people to be on their show thinking that it's going to end up mapping to, you know, the, uh, their blog post going viral or their podcast going viral or, you know, whatever the case may be. But in actuality, what I found is I've interviewed Gary Vee, I've interviewed Simon Sinek, I've interviewed Noah Kagan, and I've found that those episodes don't get downloaded any more than my other content. But whenever I, whenever I interview someone that is a VP of marketing at a B2B tech company with 50 plus employees, because that's my ICP, the likelihood of me actually ending up doing business with that person is really high. And so, but when I interview a Gary Vee, Gary doesn't need our service. Like he's, he's not a customer for us. So being very thoughtful about who are the types of people I want to connect with. Maybe for you, it's not about, you know, growing your new business like it was for me. Maybe you want to get Maybe you want to secure more speaking gigs. And so your podcast or your blog or your video series is going to be 
maybe centric around highlighting different conferences that you want to speak at. And so by inviting conference organizers to be up to collaborate with you to create content, you're allowing them to shine the spotlight on their event that they're spending so much time organizing and putting together. And in so doing that, you're building a one-to-one relationship with that person. So on the back end, you can say like, hey, I also speak at events and would love to come and speak at yours. And you've done that in a way that is genuine. You've created content with them that has added value to them because it's third-party validation that their conference is great. It's not them producing that piece of content. It's you producing that piece of content. And so it's valuable to them. And on the back end of that, you have a tangible relationship with them. So that first step is identifying the exact people that you want to connect with. The second part of this is outreach. And I know you've got you've got a lot of thoughts on this, Dennis, based on with your logistics company and how you're able to grow that. But outreach is huge because you, you've got to be able to establish credibility pretty quickly. I've found that the more brief, like brevity is your friend whenever you're reaching out to people, asking them to collaborate with you on a piece of content. If you drone on and on, it just, for whatever reason, puts up people's spidey senses and they go, ah, I don't know, this, this seems like it could be shady. But if you keep it short, one or two sentences, you know, hey, Dennis, saw your post on LinkedIn the other day. Would love to have you on BB Growth. Any interest? Question mark. It works like a charm. So, what are your thoughts on outreach, Dennis? I know you've you. This is something that you've you've done a lot, especially with LinkedIn. Do you have any any kind of words words of wisdom around outreach as it relates to a strategy like this? Yeah, I think I think you hit it on the head. I think brevity, keeping it short, having you know, getting right to the point, and it's better to have multiple short messages than one long message. And then right. the other thing yep. would be hit multiple channels, right? If LinkedIn, yep. if they don't respond to you on LinkedIn, find their email and send a similar message. If they don't respond to you on email, try to you know get their attention on Twitter. I mean, those are the yep. three channels that I've probably used the most, but the messaging is very, very similar. I've been able to connect with my target audience in all three of those formats. When one doesn't work, pivot to the other and just cycle them through with multiple yeah. messages. And you know, you'd be surprised that the number of people that will respond to yep. an offer like that, right? Where you're exactly. just providing enormous amount of value and you're not that typical sales guy. So I love it. Yep. I just talked to somebody somebody the other day that has experimented with cold calling. So they're actually picking up the phone and calling CEOs at companies that are doing, I think, 10 million or higher in revenue. And they're basically just saying, hey, I saw, you know, saw your CEO is featured in a Business Insider or Oracle would love to share their story on our new podcast. And this podcast doesn't even exist yet. And with, I think he did two hours of calls and he was able to secure three or four interviews with the CEOs of, you know, $10 million plus companies. So not an easy market to get in front of, but you touched on something there, Dennis, I'm really glad you brought it up. You said multiple messages, follow up matters immensely here. So not just reaching out one time and expecting people to respond instantly, but I follow up at least twice to just say, hey, wanted to circle back with you on, on this because people are busy. And if, especially if you're reaching them on a channel that they're not as active on, like I'm not as active on Twitter. So somebody could ask me to be, you know, to be on their show or to, you know, write a piece with me or whatever. And I don't even see it because I just don't use that channel that often. And so lots of different variables there, but I'm glad that you touched on those things. So the, the hey, third, before we move forward, yeah. one more thing. One thing that I've done recently, a couple things that I've done recently that have worked really, really well. One is shooting a really short video, right? Mm. Using something like a loom or using something really Bob, simple. Something. Yeah, yeah. Something like that where you shoot a really short video. And the other one that I've used most recently for outreach is LinkedIn, but using LinkedIn audio messages, right? So Interesting. from your yeah. 
you know, the, the LinkedIn app on whether it be Android or, or Apple, you can actually send messages, audio message. You can record a short audio message and send it through there. Now you can, can't do that on desktop. It's only on the, the app, but I've also used both of those. Now those are a little bit different strategy within the same channel, but I like that because it mixes it up. Yep. Totally. I, I love that. I've, I've sent a few of those myself and I've also received some. And, and I think that, that uh, that's a really powerful component that LinkedIn has recently added there. So the, the third part of this framework, Dennis, is around the actual collaboration. And this intimidates a lot of people. They think they need to be, you know, they think they need to be Oprah to be able to do a good interview. And the reality is you just need to, you need to be prepared and you need to know how to have a good conversation with someone. So even, even this interview, you know, you and I spent five minutes before we hit record talking through kind of this framework and, and having some talking points. We knew the high level direction that we wanted to go and we knew some specific talking points we wanted to hit. And then we just hit record and we went and, and we're having a natural conversation throughout, but we're, we're following some guideposts along the way. And so if you can, if you can have a little bit of structure and know where you want your interviews to go and collaborate with the person you're interviewing or featuring in the content, in the early part before you actually record the conversation, it makes it, it just positions you as a journalist that much more. It shows that you care deeply about the content you're creating with this person. If you do have a little bit of, of structure around the format and what you want the conversation to look like, really own that, like own, own the fact that this is your content, you take it seriously and you want to make them look as best as you possibly can. And so there, you alluded to this earlier, but the other part that I talk about here around collaboration is the fact that you can do this in a variety of different channels. So you can do a podcast. I think that's probably the most efficient way to do it from what I've found, but you can also do you know, blog series. I did this with my Huffington Post column a year or two ago where I, w- I went and interviewed, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 CMOs at companies that I wanted to do business with. And I featured them in a, a series of articles that I wrote for Huffington Post. That did two things. It positioned me as a thought leader. I was writing all this B2B marketing content, but I also was building relationships with these CMOs. So you can do it with, you know, blogging, you can do it with podcasting, you can do it with a web, you know, a video series, do it a lot of different ways. Don't get romantic about the medium, just do what, what feels right to you and what you're most comfortable doing and uh, start creating those relationships. So anything, uh, any other thoughts as, as you've also been doing a similar thing, Dennis? No, I love the podcast before that. And a little bit in between, I've done some writing. One of the things that I'm actually looking to do, or is kind of one of the ideas I want to play with is actually focusing and doing a little bit around maybe an infographic that kind of summarizes Mm -hmm. or talks about or highlights some of the different relationships that I have or new relationships. So, I mean, I like that idea. It's just a little bit different. Maybe, you know, I'm not a graphic designer, but I could hire somebody to do that probably relatively easy. And I think that would give Yep. A di- little bit different audience and a little different look at the content, which is oh, always yeah. nice to diversify it a little bit. Yep, yep. So, so this this next piece, Dennis, is around nurturing the relationship. So, so far you have you've identified the exact person you want to connect with. You've reached out to them. You've collaborated with them. Now you've had that initial contact with them. You've created a piece of content with them. The step that I honestly I, I botched this in the early days of executing this strategy. I wasn't nurturing my relationships with these people that I had spearheaded these relationships with in the first place. And so I've figured out a few things that you can do to make that nurture process easier. You can do like, you can do custom, you know, custom gifts through using a tool like alice.com, A-L-Y-C-E, and uh, it kind of scrapes their social profiles and gives you some customized gifts. So you can do like 
little gifts if you want to do that. You can also collaborate with them on other types of content. So maybe you, you have them on a podcast. And at the end of that podcast interview, you schedule a time to reconnect because you say, Hey, we love doing ask me anything sessions via webinar with a lot of, you know, some of our favorite guests. Would you be interested in doing that? And I found Dennis that when you have that second meeting with someone, the second conversation with someone is really when I started, I've started to notice that a friendship starts to develop. Even with you and I, you and I talked once, I forget what the context was. When we talked a second time, it felt like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm talking to somebody I've already had a conversation with. I already like this guy or wouldn't be on a second call with him. And that's when you really start to develop, I think, true rapport and friendship. And so optimizing that interview so that you can create another interaction with them. Maybe you're going to be in their city for a conference you're going to. I actually traveled quite a bit last year going to different cities where I knew we had uh, podcast guests. And I organized these little dinners of like eight to 12 people. And I got FaceTime with a lot of these people that I'd been building digital relationships with over the last, you know, the last couple of years. That did wonders for our business. It definitely drove revenue. It drove referrals. It was huge for us. But reconnecting and nurturing those relationships and being thoughtful and intentional about it is huge. So any any thoughts there before I move into this last step? Yeah, I think you brought up a really good point. You got to realize that anybody who's accomplishing or doing anything of significance in business meets a lot of new people every day, but they have a lot of one-time conversations. Yes. So having that second conversation just automatically differentiates you, especially when it's when your focus has not been the sales pitch or beating them over the head with the pitch. You've been focused on give, 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 right? And it just changes the entire conversation. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yep. So I, so now we've, we've gotten through the nurture phase. And then this last phase, the fifth part of this process is to initiate or engage the sales conversation. And this, you know, you, you may not be selling enterprise software. Maybe you're, you know, to our last example, maybe you're trying to get booked on stages or, you know, one of my friends is executing this strategy is a children's book author, and he's using it to build relationships with administrators and teachers at charter schools. And so, you know, using the word sales conversation may may come across, you know, uh, a little too salesy for for some folks, depending on how they're using the strategy. But the idea here is you've now you've built these relationships with the exact people that you know can help you, you know, get closer to your goals, to your dreams. But you've got you've got to let them know that there's a way they can help you do that. And for the longest time, Dennis, for probably the first two years of us having B2B growth. I was hesitant to do this part. I was like, man, I just don't want people to think that, you know, I'm baiting and switching them and, you know, just had them on the show so that I could ask them, you know, if they wanted to do business with me. I was real fearful and operating out of a lot of fear that just wasn't healthy. And when I got over that, I was like, you know what? Like I've invested in this relationship. I've added value to this new friendship. I'm going to let them know that, hey, like I would love to actually work with them. And, And I think that what we do could help them. And by engaging that conversation in a genuine and a thoughtful way, people actually want to help you. Now, the downside and where I really get, I really get nervous about sharing this with people because if in the wrong hands, this could be done incredibly poorly. Because if you go into these content collaborations and to you, the entire point of it is just to sell your thing, people can smell that from a mile away. So if you are not genuinely interested and highlighting them and telling their story and and showcasing their expertise in your content and then getting that content in front of your audience. If, if that's not your genuine heart in it, it's I, I just don't think you're going to be that effective with this strategy because people are going to see through it 
They're going to forget you. They're, they're not going to want to ultimately do business with you because they're going to think you're shady. <laughs> and so having that mindset of, you know what, if I genuinely add value to them up front, if I genuinely try to create a great quality piece of content, because I know whether I do business with this person or not, the content we create is valuable for me and it's valuable for them. And so having that mindset, I think, has allowed me to now engage so conversations on the back end of these convers- of the, the content collaborations, and it actually has driven enormous revenue for us. So, uh, so that's, that's the five-part framework. I'm really excited to get this distilled into a book, but any, uh, you know, any, any thoughts on kind of the, over, the overall framework, Dennis? Yeah. One thing I can that, tell you- like, Any gaps that I haven't covered? Yeah. Sorry about that. But I, I remember when you were going through that struggle of engaging in those sales conversations, and I remember when you made the shift and it was, first of all, it wasn't nearly as painful as you thought it was going to be. No, no. And second of all, it paid you in spades because you started having you know, your revenue. That That's a big part of when your revenue and business really started to grow yeah. when you opened up and changed your mindset around that. And that's hard for people. But like you said, on the opposite side of the coin, you can't go over the top. You, know, you can't go yeah. into this with expectations that everybody's going to become your customer just because you did them a favor. Or yeah. that they're even going to take your call if you because yeah. you did them a favor and highlighted them. So you do have to set the right expectations. And I can tell you, I absolutely love this framework. I was excited. We had to reschedule a couple of times, but there was no way I was going to give up on getting you on here for the <laughs> show because this, this strategy has worked for me. I know it's worked for you. I know it's starting to work for countless others. I know you're going to share this strategy with the masses here with your new book that's coming out. We're going to have you back on when we get a little bit closer to the book launch. But for now, just, hey, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about your business and how you can help them. And then we'll wrap it up for today. I love it. Thank you so much, Dennis. So, so I'm, su- I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And so if you search for me there, my last name is spelled C-A-R-B-A-R-Y. So just search James Carberry on LinkedIn. would love to connect with you there. My email is james at sweetfishmedia.com. I would love to connect with your listeners. And then if, if, if you're listening to this show and you're getting a of value from Dennis's interviews, which I I do. You'll probably like our show, B two B Growth, as well. So uh, there, you know, lots of. Uh, I actually just reached out to one of your guests yesterday, Dennis, and asked him to be on B two B Growth. So so if you if you get a lot of value from this content, subscribe to B two B Growth as well, and uh, would love to connect with you in all three of those ways, either via email, via LinkedIn, or uh, or having having you stay connected through our podcast. Awesome. Listen, I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes. I can't say enough about B two B Growth, so make sure you guys check that show out. And hey, listen, buddy, congrats on all the success. I look forward to the book and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Dennis. I really appreciate it, man. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.